Are you fed up with the gay dating scene? And are you exhausted trying to find a decent man through bars, clubs, and dating apps? Listen, I hear you. Dating in this day and age can be exhausting. But the truth is, your dream man is out there and he is waiting for you. My name is Frank Macri and I've mentored thousands of single gay men from around the world. So how do you attract lasting love no matter your age or appearance? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. Welcome to Gay Dating Secrets. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. Wow. I was blown away by the response to the episode I put out a few days ago called Mature Love. We had over 300 downloads in just four days. And I am not only really honored to know that there's such an amazing following for this podcast, but also I hope that that reassures you because I know you might feel like it's incredibly hard to find another gay man that values depth and intimacy and connection, but those numbers don't lie. (laughs) I see them behind the scenes. There are tens of thousands of downloads on this podcast, and it just shows that there is a growing community of gay men that are looking for more in their relationships. So if you feel like you are alone out there, you are not alone. There are men like you that value what you value and are interested in taking their love life to the next level. Okay, so the topic that I want to talk about in this episode is alcohol. And I, uh, I just had a great Halloween. Uh, it is uh, Halloween weekend, and I dressed up as Arnold from Hey Arnold, and my best friend, dressed, she dressed up as Gerald. So uh, it was quite, <laughs> it was quite a, a costume, and we got a lot of, a lot of uh, positive remarks from people around the city. And we did go out to a party, and we went out to uh, a really big bar in Raleigh. Uh, I didn't drink because I don't drink, and it was the first time in a very long time that I've been out at a bar and a club. So. So it was it was really interesting to be amongst so many people, amongst a lot of people that were drinking, and it made me think about alcohol and my relationship with alcohol, how it's changed over the past several years. And I also realized how important this topic is for uh, for our community to to explore. So in this episode, I hope to provoke you a little bit and encourage you to look at your own relationship with alcohol and see whether it is setting you up for success in your life or if it's not, especially in your dating life. So if you drink alcohol to any degree, I want you to listen up. I want you to try on the ideas that I'm going to be sharing here. This podcast is about finding love as a gay man and alcohol can play a role in that and it might be preventing many of you from finding the deep, mature love that you want to have. So one question that I want to present you with to kick us off is, are your drinking habits, is your desire to drink alcohol, is that getting in the way of intimacy, connection, and love, right? What if it just might be getting in the way? I want you to think about that. So this is one of those topics that I don't hear anyone else talking about in the gay community. And I think this is because when you look at nearly every 
LGBTQ or gay function, alcohol is just considered a normal part of those functions, whether it be pride or drag shows or clubs, parties, bars. Alcohol seems to be something that is at the center of most LGBT functions. So the first step to shifting your view around alcohol is to see alcohol as a want rather than a need. So no one needs to drink alcohol. And it's important to catch yourself when you say, oh my gosh, I need to have a drink right now. I encourage you to stop saying that you need to have a drink because it is never true. Now, I used to say, I need to pregame before I go out, right? Or, oh my gosh, I need to take a shot right now. And I realized that I was falsely describing what was really happening and I was confusing a need from a want. So the correct way to describe alcohol is that you want to have alcohol. You want to drink. Alcohol is a want. It's a desire. It's not a human need. Now, this is very important to distinguish between because needs are not negotiable. When we have needs in our life, those are things that we're never willing to negotiate. Wants, on the other hand, are negotiable. So you might be preventing yourself from your own growth and your own maturity by assuming otherwise when it comes to alcohol. So if you're listening to this and you think that there are times when you just need alcohol, it's important that you start shifting that so you can realize that it's not a need, it's a want. And we're going to explore why it is that you might want or desire alcohol as I share some other thoughts about that here. So I want to talk about my own relationship with alcohol because it has changed quite a bit over the years. So I was someone that didn't have a drink until I finished high school. The first time I ever had a drink of alcohol was my prom night. And when I entered into college, I started to drink socially. And normally it would be on the weekends. I'd get together with friends and we'd have drinks. We'd go out to parties. And I remember that even though I would have fun going out, going out in the evenings, I would have terrible hangovers the next day. And for me, alcohol was a social lubricant. Uh, I felt more comfortable. My thoughts at the time were I I was more comfortable to meet people when I had alcohol. And And I'm being very particular in how I'm explaining that because I thought that I just needed alcohol to be more comfortable meeting others. But it was that I was thinking that alcohol makes me more comfortable. I also struggled with a lot of social anxiety, so I had this idea that if I were to drink alcohol, then I would become more comfortable around people and it would ease up that anxiety. And I also drank alcohol because I wanted to fit in. It was just what everyone else was doing and it was the, quote, cool thing to do. So if you were someone that drank, it meant that you like to have a good time. And if you were someone that didn't drink, it usually meant that you were a buzzkill or you were not really a fun person to be around. So I had a lot of false associations between people that did drink and people that didn't drink. And I also never was someone that drank alone. I only drank socially. I would drink with others at dinners or for special occasions or uh, during holidays or at parties. So I would, I would drink on the weekends. I would drink with friends socially. And then years later... I was living with a, I was sharing a condo with another woman and 
when I was meeting her and getting to know her, she told me that she didn't drink any alcohol. And this was the first time that I met someone who didn't drink alcohol at all. All of my friends drank alcohol. And I would think, how could she just not drink? I don't understand it. It just bewildered me. It was hard for me to really understand how someone could not just drink. So as time went on, about a few years later, I noticed that when I would drink, my headaches would get worse and worse, and my body just didn't respond well to the alcohol. And it never did. It just continued to get worse. And it was about a year and a half ago when I had, a dr- I had some drinks, and then the next day I had the most excruciating headache, and I asked myself a question that I had never asked myself before. I asked myself, why do I drink alcohol? Why do I drink? And I started thinking about the reasons, and I realized that I had no good reasons for why I drank alcohol. There was zero upside to it, and I decided that day I was going to stop. I decided I am done with alcohol. It does not serve a purpose in my life. It doesn't align with the person that I want to be. It doesn't even align with the values and the lifestyle that I want to live. And I haven't touched alcohol for a year and a half. Uh, I don't feel like I've missed out on anything in my life. And when I stopped, it was really interesting. When I stopped drinking, I started thinking about certain activities where I assumed that I would really need, quote, need. I thought I would need to drink alcohol in order to do those activities. For example, I thought that whenever I go to a bar, I need to drink. I need to drink at a bar. I need to drink before I go to a bar or attending a party or going out to karaoke, right? I I would love going out to karaoke and I would feel like I need to have several drinks in order for me to experience and, uh, and be able to sing for karaoke in front of people. And also for holidays, I thought I had this idea like I needed to drink during the holiday season, during holiday events. And since I stopped drinking, I've been able to experience all of those activities without drinking. And I've been able to have just as much fun, if not more fun, without having the hangover or all of the pain that would come from the, from the next day. And I actually appreciate all those activities a lot more because I'm more present when I engage in those activities. My mind isn't, uh, isn't like just thinking about other things or incoherent. And I've also learned how to be at peace with myself. I've learned how to be at peace with myself and be just as fun, just as expressive. And as a result of that, I like myself more. I like who I am as a person more because I don't feel like I need to change my mental state in order to be comfortable, right? I don't feel like I need to change my mental state in order for to just be at peace with who I am. And I don't mind when other people drink. I believe that everyone has the choice of what they want to do with their own body. But what was interesting is it seemed like people were much more concerned about me for not drinking than I was concerned about me for not drinking, So for me, it wasn't a huge deal for me to not drink. It really wasn't a huge deal at all. I just decided to stop. And I noticed that as I I would go out to social gatherings, people, when they learned that I didn't drink, they would have a reaction to it. They would think, but why? I don't understand. And I would find it interesting when people would have this reaction, but also not surprising 
because it is so embedded in our culture, especially in gay culture. So I want to make this episode not to tell you that you should stop drinking, but I do want to invite you to examine why you drink. And I want you to examine whether you like those reasons or not. So let's first look at what alcohol is and make sure that we understand what it is and we can all be on the same page. So alcohol... It's not a healing elixir. It's not a miracle substance. It's toxic for the body, okay? It's a drug. It dehydrates the body. It damages organs inside the body. And I know that there are supposed studies that say if you drink a glass of wine a day, it's good for you. But of course, these studies want you to think that so you keep buying and consuming alcohol. Now, I haven't met a single doctor that has ever encouraged me or anyone that I know to be drinking more alcohol. I've never heard a single doctor say, oh, you should probably have more wine or more beer or more tequila. Okay, so I think it's pretty safe to conclude that alcohol does not contribute positively to your health, okay? So if you do drink, ask yourself the question right now, why do you drink? We don't ask ourselves this question, right? When I was growing up, I just did it because that's just what people did. I just thought you're supposed to drink. So I want to go through some of the common reasons that I hear people say to uh, why they drink. And I also am going to share some of the reasons that I, I would have for why I drank and how I no longer let those be my reasons. They were no longer acceptable to me. Because when you think about your reasons, you also want to ask yourself, is that a valid reason? Is that a good reason? Do I like that reason? Is that reason acceptable for me and also the person that I want to be in the life I want to have. So one of the main reasons that I hear a lot of people drink and I used to drink was to take the edge off. And when I realized that was one of my reasons, I, I went within and asked to take the edge off. What is it stress? And then I asked myself, well, why am I so stressed? So what I realized is that drinking alcohol doesn't resolve stress. It could provide a quick fix or a temporary fix, but it's not a real solution for resolving any kind of stress in your life. Okay, so if you have stress in your life and you feel like alcohol takes the edge off of that stress, that's not going to work, right? What works is talking to someone about that stress, reflecting on the stress that you're experiencing and why you're experiencing it. So here's an interesting thing. If you're stressed about money, Spending more of your money on alcohol is not going to make anything better, right? And if you're stressed about dating, well, getting tipsy or drunk is not going to help you connect on a deeper level with other men. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you want to connect on a deeper level with other men. So if you're stressed about dating and as a result of that, you are consuming alcohol, I want you to see how that's not going to help you resolve the stress you're experiencing with dating. It's actually going to make it worse. Now, if one of your reasons for drinking is because you think it makes it easier for you to meet people, I want to really examine this, okay? Because this was one of the big reasons for me as well. And one question that helped me uncover so much was, who do you allow yourself to be when you drink? Who do you allow yourself to be when you drink? Okay. So when you think that meeting, it's easier to meet people when you are drinking alcohol, 
That's actually not true because meeting people is very easy. You just walk up to a human and you say hello. So the, the actual process of meeting someone is very simple, but it's your fear of someone else's judgment that makes it hard. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into that in this episode, but if you fear or if you get anxiety around meeting people, okay, realize that it's not around meeting people. It's that you are afraid of their judgment. And when you are afraid of someone else's judgment, when you have a lot of weight on what other people think about you, what you need to do is you need to look at your opinion of yourself. You need to understand what is your opinion of you Right? What are your thoughts about you and how can you get on board with that? The more that you can get on board with your opinion of you, the less you're going to be afraid about other people's judgment, other people's opinions of you. And if you struggle with that, then you absolutely need to get coaching around that. You need to go through professional work. I invested tens of thousands of dollars in coaching. Okay, so I practice what I preach here. This is not just something that you can wake up and be at peace with. This takes work. Okay, this takes some serious work. So Invest in coaching and you'll see so many things change for you. So another reason that I realized I would drink is because I thought when I drank, I had more fun. When I drank, I would have more fun. And I realized this is completely false, okay? So again, who are you being when you drink? Because you can be that person without alcohol. So if you find that you are more expressive and more fun and more engaging after you drink, you can be that person without alcohol. Alcohol is not something that's enabling that behavior and that way of showing up. So I was talking to one of my fellow friends, and she's also a professional coach, and she, re- she told me the other day that there was a study done where they were, they were observing, I think it was just men, And they noticed that when men would go to a bar and they would order, they would order a drink, they found that just the act of ordering the alcohol made the men more relaxed and expressive and open before they even got the drink. So what this study found is that there's a placebo effect at play when it comes to alcohol. So it's not the alcohol that loosens you up. It's like the idea you get about the alcohol. So sometimes when I am at a social event and everyone's taking a shot, I will have in a shot glass water and I pretend it's vodka. I just say, oh, look, it's vodka. I'll take a shot of the water. And it's so interesting because I still feel that same effect in my body. Like I am just loosening up. And that's when I started realizing that it's so much placebo. There's so much of the placebo effect at play when it comes to alcohol. You don't need to be drinking the alcohol in order to get the same effect. So you don't need to be drinking in order to be silly and have fun. You could be those things without alcohol. Now, another reason some people like to drink is because of the aesthetic of it, because they like the way it feels to hold the glass or the way maybe they think they look. So there's a very easy solution for this, right? If you like drinking wine out of a glass because you like the aesthetic of that, you can go ahead and just put some pomegranate juice in a fancy glass to get the same aesthetic, okay? So problem solved. And then some people say that they the reason they drink is because of the taste. Now, that's totally fair. I'm not dismissing that if you genuinely like the taste of certain alcohols. And I also want to say that I'm convinced that most people, most people do not like the taste of alcohol. They just tolerate it until they get a buzz. 
I think most people don't drink alcohol for the taste. They drink it because of the person they allow themselves to be when they drink alcohol. I'm going to say that again. They drink it because of the person they allow themselves to be when they drink alcohol. Again, you are allowed to be that person without drinking the alcohol. You are allowed to be just as fun, as expressive, as sociable, as engaging without having a drink. And then some people drink as well because other people are doing it. They think that it's just socially what you do. And I think this is a very weak reason to do something just because other people do it. And uh, I, this is very similar to how I feel about the episode I made on Grinder, the episode that's called Stop Using Grinder, right? Just because the point that I made in that episode, amongst many points, is that just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean you need to be doing it. Doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. So just because a lot of people are on Grinder doesn't mean you should also be on Grinder. Just because a lot of other gay men are drinking, that doesn't mean that you need to be drinking, right? You can be an example of what it looks like to be someone confident in your own skin, able to have a great time, and also not require alcohol to do that. So you can be the, the example of what's possible, right? You can set the tone. You can allow others to see what they might not see as well. So why do you drink? Do you think those are good reasons? Do you like those reasons? Do you think they're acceptable reasons given the life you want to live and the person you want to be, right? And how might your drinking pattern and behavior right now, how might it be affecting the level of intimacy that you're having when you're meeting people? How might it be affecting the level of connection that you're having? How might it be impacting the love that you're experiencing? How can you allow yourself to be authentic, to have fun, to let loose without alcohol? Because it's possible to do that, right? Now, if you knew that it was possible for you to be yourself, to have fun, to let loose, and you didn't require alcohol, would you still need to have a drink? Would you still desire a drink? So I think that our community would be better off as a whole if there was a lot less alcohol consumption. And let's be real. Addiction is a major problem in our world and especially in the gay community. Gay people are more likely to have addiction than heterosexual people. So I know that there are many gay men out there that are living paycheck to paycheck, but somehow can afford to drop $50, $100 or more a weekend drinking and going out. And if you're one of those gay men listening right now, it's not your fault because gay culture is inundated with alcohol. It's everywhere and drugs of all kinds. It's shoved in front of us before we even realize the danger of it. So it's not your fault if you do engage in this behavior, but it is your responsibility to decide if drinking alcohol is going to serve you in your life. Now, after I stopped drinking, since then, it's been a year and a half, and there's been some interesting benefits that I've had since I stopped drinking. One is the financial benefit. So I've saved hundreds of dollars from not buying alcohol. I've saved so much money from, from doing that. And I've been able to invest that money in such better ways, such so many ways that actually enhance my life and not diminish it. My body is also more hydrated, so my skin looks better. I have more energy. I'm able to get a lot of things done. I don't have dreadful hangovers ever. <laughs> no longer have to deal with a hangover. 
And I've also learned how to have much greater responsibility over my emotions. So I'm someone that really values growth. I know a lot of you are listening to this because you value growth. Okay, so part, when you stop drinking, right, all of a sudden you start surfacing up all the things that you've been pushing away, all those emotions, all those thoughts. So I've been able to become so much more confident in my skin because I have been able to do the work that I was avoiding when I was just taking a a drink or taking a shot. So as a result of all that, the, the most incredible benefit that's happened for for me since I stopped drinking is I feel like I got more of my life back to enjoy, right? Which is more, which is ironic because so many, so many people and especially gay men associate alcohol with like making life better. But I feel like the opposite is true. I feel like I've actually gotten more of my life back and I'm enjoying my life more and I'm more present and grounded in my life and having more fun than ever before since I stopped drinking. So just because you can smoke, right? When we just think about, you know, things, drugs we can do, just because you can smoke doesn't mean that everyone should be smoking. Just because you can drink doesn't mean that you need to be drinking. Now, there's plenty of gay men out there who, who don't drink. They have other priorities. They value other things. I'm an example of one of those gay men. You can be an example of that too. And I believe that we need more examples of gay men who don't use drugs and normalize that because it seems to be more normal for gay men to be getting drunk, to be getting high, to be getting wasted, to be hooking up. And we can do better as a community. We can do a lot better. And I want to also share that if you worry that you're not going to fit in or that other people are going to judge you for not drinking, I want to speak to that. Maybe those aren't your people to be around, right? When you can feel a sense of belonging in yourself and with yourself, you no longer need to fit in anymore. I want to share that one more time. When you feel a sense of belonging with yourself, you don't need to fit in anymore, You no longer have that desire to fit in because to fit in assumes that you feel like there's something about you that needs to be proven to others so you can fit in and be welcomed. But you can experience a sense of belonging with yourself. And when you do that, you will know that you belong. Wherever you go, you belong. You don't have to shape shift who you are or do things other people are doing to get their uh, approval or satisfaction. You just know wherever you go, you belong. And you remove yourself from circles, social circles, where people struggle to appreciate that, right? When you know your belonging, when you know who you are, you remove yourself from social circles where people struggle to appreciate and understand that. So if you're resonating with this and you're thinking, how can I even get started? Alcohol has just been such a normal part of my life. I want to share some tips. So when when I decided to stop drinking, it was very abrupt. I, I simply decided I'm done, right? So it doesn't have to be a this like huge deal. You can decide. You can decide your life in any given moment. You can decide the person you want to be. Doesn't matter how many years you've been having a drink on the weekends or having a drink before bed at night, that is not relevant. You can decide who you want to be in any given moment, okay? So you can simply decide, I'm done. It no longer serves serves a purpose in my life, right? I'm, I know that I desire more and alcohol does not align with the vision I have for the life I want to create. 
So that might be a helpful approach. For some of you, it might be starting with some baby steps. So the next time that you are going to engage in an activity where you typically would drink, experiment with not having a drink. See it as an experiment. So maybe when you go on dates, up until this point, you've you know, had a couple of drinks on those dates. What if the next date that you go on, you didn't get any alcohol? Now, I promise you, I know some of you might be really anxious about that. I promise you, you're going to be okay. And you might even enjoy yourself more, right? Maybe you think that it's, it's going to be very difficult for you to go to a party and not have a drink because you just have drinks when you go to parties. So what's the next? I know the holiday season's coming up. So there's going to be lots of events going on. What if you went to, just started with one, just one of those events, you didn't have a drink. You let everyone else have their own drinks and do their own thing, but you decided, I'm not going to drink tonight. You just did it as an experiment. Or, or maybe if it was like a brunch, if you, if you and your gay friends, you go out to brunch and everyone has mimosas and drinks, what if you decided, I'm not going to have drinks? I'm just not going to do it. I promise you, you're going to be okay. Now, over time, my anxiety about not drinking, I was so anxious about, well, how am I going to enjoy these activities? It's no longer there. I enjoy them just as much and probably more when I really think about it, right? So when people ask me if I want alcohol, I say, no, I don't want alcohol. And if they say, well, why not? I say, well, it's because I don't drink. And if they ask why I don't drink, I say, because I don't want to, because I don't get anything from it. And then I leave it at that. So when you decide to stop drinking, right, people, of course, they're going to have reactions to that. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. That doesn't mean that you have to debate it with someone or uh, you know, have this big conversation and ex- really explain yourself because you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. So whatever reaction someone has to your decision to not drink alcohol, that's about them. And that's on them to resolve for themselves and figure out because you don't know anyone an explanation. You could simply say no. And if someone questions you, your response can be as simple as saying, because I don't want to, period. That's it. All right, so that's what I got on this episode on um, alcohol and your relationship to alcohol. And uh, I want to also let you all know that I've been up to some really exciting things in my life, personally and professionally. Um, I want to... Uh, I want to invite those of you listening to this show that maybe you're desiring to have a bigger impact, do work that's more fulfilling, make a bigger difference in people's lives, and also work on your own terms. So I have a professional coach training program. We teach people how to start their own life coaching businesses. And let me tell you, as gay men, we have such a special gift about us because we are very aware people. And we've overcome so many struggles in our life. So you may not realize this, but I want to let you know that there may be a gift inside of you. And that gift might be to coach people. And I would love to see that gift come to fruition if you're someone that wants to make a difference in people's lives and also be able to earn more doing work that fulfills you. So I have a, I have a coach training program. It's called Thriving Coach Academy. And if you are growth-oriented 
if you love personal development, then you owe it to yourself to check out coaching. And you might discover that it is a career path that is uh, in alignment with you. So head to www.thrivingcoachacademy.com. That's thrivingcoachacademy.com. Check it out. You'll see that there's a link to access a coaching 101 training. This is an hour-long video led by me where I talk about what it takes to be successful as a coach, including the five signs that you are born to be a coach. So if you're even mildly curious, then I want you to right now go to www.thrivingcoachacademy.com. It may be a turning point in your life. We have a lot of coaches that go through the program, get certified, start creating amazing things with their business, who are also members of the LGBT community. So people in our community are thriving in the coaching industry. It's an industry where people like us do extremely well. So again, go to www.thrivingcoachacademy.com to learn more about coaching, see if it might be something of interest to you. And um, if you have any questions about that, my, my team and I are there to support you. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's been a pleasure. And remember, he's on his way. If you liked this podcast and you want to take your growth and transformation to the next level, I want to share with you my brand new podcast called Life Coaching Secrets. It's where you will learn the exact tools I use to become confident, attract quality men, and even create a successful business. Head over to the Life Coaching Secrets podcast to get started. I'll see you there.